0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on Fanreg Sports with me, Sebastian Norin, and Paulie Questel. No Elliot today, although we might hear his voice in the form of a mobile take towards the end of the episode. We don't know yet. We'll, we'll see. We, we have some technical issues, but hopefully everything will get sorted out. Uh, I can tell you guys right off the bat I am extremely jet-lagged so I'm sorry if I sound a little bit dazed but get over it traveling back has not been easy on me I'm, I, I'm, so, bad me. I I I'm so bad get over
1: it I didn't complain when I got back
0: well you were gone for how long?
1: gone for four days
0: yeah I was gone for two weeks So I, I, yeah,
1: I, but I don't know if I ever like fully recovered like I woke up at I woke up at six the first day, then I woke up at five thirty the next day and probably five thirty again. And by then the Olympics started, so I was kinda like, Well, it's five thirty, I should go back to bed and I was like, but
0: Okay, well I've been And then
1: I started watching and then and then Saturday was the was the Arsenal Tottenham game, so I was up early. I haven't exactly slept late yeah. on any day. I don't know what I don't know what time my body thinks it is, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I've been averaging waking up at four AM here since I got back.
1: Oh, they say you're supposed to do it an hour a day.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully I can sleep till five tomorrow then. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was nice to go back home though. Got to see some some hockey and uh, watch a little bit of soccer as well, of course. But back in the U.S. now and uh, back in the thick of it as far as watching the Premier League at a, a very nice hour. I got to say, I, I like the way we have it here, that it's early morning, midday, oh, early God, afternoon. It, was, it,
1: really screwed, it, it really screwed me up going there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: being like, oh, this game's at 3 o'clock. And I was like, I, I mean, I woke up early because I had to take the train to Manchester, and I got there at like 11, and then go to the bar, but then go to the game and everything. And I met up with, there were, there were other people from New York there. Um, so we I met up with them at the bar, and one of them was like, yeah, this guy last night was like, oh, we're going to have to get up really early to like, get to the bar before the game. And he's like, dude, the game's at 3 o'clock here, like not at 10.
0: Yep. No, but definitely
1: true. a lot nicer to just wake up and get right to the bar at 10 a.m. rather than having to wait around until 3 in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, or, really. when, or when you have the late games and they don't start until, you know, in Sweden time, it would be 8.45 p.m.
1: Yeah, the night game. That night game started at 8 o'clock. I was like, Jesus. I was like, we're sitting there all day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can get a lot of beers in before that. That's for sure.
1: Well, my friend took me to the Spurs bar. And, and I'll tell you, that was one of the first times I'd really feared for my life.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I was like,
1: if I say the wrong thing in here, like, when we walked in, I was like, there's already drunk English people arguing about football with each other. I went, like, if I say the wrong thing in here we could be in for some trouble
0: yeah all you need to do is sing that song that's gotten really popular everywhere now and i saw a little little boy made his Spurs version and it's kind of adorable so look that up if you haven't seen it yet uh they
1: they checked our tickets to let us into the bar like they made sure that we had spurs tickets
0: oh wow to let
1: us in and at one at one point i was coming out of the bathroom and and there, was a chant of Mourinho sucks broke out. And I was like, oh, I could join you in on this one. Yep. I was, like, I was like, but that'll give it away because I'll be the one that hates him the most.
0: Yeah, that's true. No, I know that some bars in Manchester, too, they don't want you to wear uh, jerseys. And, I mean, it, it is what it is, unfortunately. People the can't bar in friends. The bar
1: in Manchester stopped me outside, not to ID me. They just said, can we check your bag and make sure that there's no alcohol in there? That was the only thing that they were worried about was people sneaking alcohol into the bar.
0: Oh, wow. And then you said, I'm American. The dollar well, is no, strong. The, oh, yo, no, no.
1: So the funny thing is, is that as I opened up the bag, somebody else walked in behind me and they were like, you don't have a gun, do you? And I was like, how did you know I was American?
0: There we go. Yep. Let's get into the North London Derby though, or NLD, as you put it so nicely in the rundown. And I had to ask you what you meant with that. So Spurs took a one nothing win over Arsenal, you know only one nothing I would say Harry Kane with a lone goal, and um
1: this was not the game to brag about the finishing
0: it was not definitely it wasn't not. even
1: there wasn't even great saves in it either. it was just a lot of a lot of hits and misses yeah
0: but Spurs came out victorious and um Putting some distance now between them and Arsenal. Um, Spurs sitting in fifth with 52 points and Arsenal in sixth with 45 points. So the question now is, are the Gunners out of the top four race? Uh,
1: I mean, you have to I, – I said something about this to Elliot last week. And he took offense to it. But you kind of have to think that they are. Especially because when you think about it – when you think about it from the start of this season to now – they have literally sold players to uh, Liverpool, Manchester United, and Chelsea. Th- literally the three teams other than Spurs that they are fighting with to get into the top four.
0: Yeah,
1: they've made all of them better. How are you? Well, that's up for debate. Actually, they've made up. They've likely made at least two of them better. Um, how are you supposed to, you know, compete with that when you're you're bringing in a guy that you know is is the reject from one of these teams. And that's all you do. And then you, and then you bring in, you bring in Aubameyang from Dortmund, who uh, is, is likely a very good signing. He has lost to Tottenham three times this year, which is downright impressive. Um, But it's just, you look at the team and, and the way they play in so many of these games and they didn't address the need. They certainly didn't address the needs that they have of, well, we kind of need a better. We need to bolster the midfield, and we definitely need to bolster the defense. They didn't really do that, so it's, it's hard to look at them and say, "Oh, I could really easily see them taking a charge up the table and hitting a great run of form."
0: Yeah, that's true. As we heard the sirens. Thank you.
1: This is, I'm not gonna lie, the sirens weren't there when you when you weren't. No, when we. But this is you
0: this is this is a weird ass siren though.
1: Yeah, it's just a long one. But when Elliot and I did the shows, no sirens.
0: Hmm. Well, maybe they know. They just know that I pick up on them. So don't worry if you're listening to this in your car. No one's chasing you. Someone might be chasing you. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, but uh, likelihood not that big. So what is next for Arsenal? They go to Östersund, Sweden, for their Europa League match here on Thursday. And uh, I was just curious here and looking at the weather forecast for Östasund. And right now it's snowing. The The low is 21 degrees Fahrenheit. Then you got 26 is the high on Tuesday, 31 on Wednesday. And Thursday it's 29.
1: That's kind of what London's been like recently.
0: Yeah. But it's going to be a big you know, change from what Arsenal are used to. It's just a very small club in Sweden. They do have an English manager in Graham Potter done a phenomenal job with them. Uh, Yeah.
1: But all right. Yeah. It's a small club, but Arsenal also played at, um, what's his face last year.
0: Oh, don't don't get me wrong. They should beat them to like Green stadium or something or
1: green or whatever it was. Yeah. Um,
0: no, they should win That's this 10 nothing.
1: What You say, what's next for Arsenal? We listened to Wenger after the game on uh, Saturday morning, and it was weird. It was very weird. It was just like, he was like, well, it was unfortunate, and, you know, it was the kind of game... He, he actually said it was the kind of game where grabbing that first goal changed the game. Like, yeah, no kidding. There was only one goal scored in the game. Yep. It changed it from a draw to a Spurs win. And he kind of... He, it was—he just didn't look like the man who who could read the table and read not just the current table but the direction of the league. It was at this point last year, and it would really be who Arsene Wenger right now at this point last year, where Jose Mourinho was kind of just like, yeah, you know what, like we we're probably not going to finish in the top four, and we shouldn't really expend our efforts for that. If Arsenal were to sit here and say the most important game on our schedules now are the ones that are played Thursday night and take that seriously, then you can avoid playing on Thursday night next year.
0: Yes. That that's is, the
1: best way to do
0: it. Yep, that's that's totally true. And I mean, they they should beat Östersund handedly. They there's should.
1: one team. There's one team that I would have a problem with in the Europa League, and that's Atletico Madrid. I mean, there's Atletico Madrid, there's Dortmund, and that's it. And Arsenal have played Dortmund recently, and Dortmund are a mess this year. So you can be scared of them all you want. You can look at all the talent that they have. And is playing really well for them, but they did just lose Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who wouldn't be able to play for Arsenal anyway. Yeah. Um, like, there's nothing to be scared There's Atletico Madrid. You should be able to beat Dortmund. You should be able to beat Atletico Madrid. I understand if they beat you. That That is a tie that could go either way. Because uh, ordinarily I would favor Atletico Madrid, but this year they are also kind of... They've struggled. They've really... They've they've kind of figured it out recently, but they have also struggled. Yeah. Otherwise, there's nobody in the Europa League that you should have to worry about.
0: Hmm. I mean, I would be delighted to see Ursusund uh, win this and keep the their incredible saga alive. I mean, just getting out of their group was a phenomenal job by this minnow of a club really no one gave I mean, them they might. any chance
1: they might because you don't know how wenger is going to handle it and wenger didn't sit around on on saturday and sit around saying like oh we're looking for he was like oh this is a setback in our push to get back into the top four i mean you go for the europa league that is a literal top four trophy
0: no, that's true. Okay, let's switch over to Manchester United and tell me if you've heard this before. United, they play a possession game. They, It almost looks like a power play in hockey, but nothing happens. And then they drop points. And then Mourinho says that the other team was lucky.
1: Here I say the other team was lucky.
0: He, he said, was way he more laid back than that. they were lucky.
1: He was way more laid back than that. Um, I mean, they were. They were lucky. United had a defensive breakdown. The ball went right in the middle. Newcastle took advantage. Boom. Goal. Oh. Don't, I'm not going to deny that. Now, why were why were Newcastle in a position where one goal could have swung the game that way? Well, because United's manager is terrible. But he, I wouldn't just say that he said that they were lucky. He kind of just seemed after the game like he didn't care. That's like his attitude right now, is is that he didn't care, and uh, I think the way I phrased it to you in the in the rundown was Jose Mourinho convincing the world that he didn't exist, and mm-hmm. uh, we all you've heard the saying, the greatest trick the devil pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Yes. Somehow Jose Mourinho has convinced the world of the legend of Jose Mourinho, and it, it's it boggles my mind how. I mean, I guess it's because Ed Woodward is a doofus, but like how people just keep buying into this. And at this point, he he just—he does—it doesn't seem like he cares at all about what's going on. I feel like he managed to negotiate this uh, this contract extension with United just so that they can't fire him because then they have to pay him a lot. But as means as a token that when he leaves for PSG this summer, they'll get a better better compensation package because at this point it just doesn't even look like he cares about United.
0: I would be delighted if he, if he left for PSG. I
1: would too, but what is he leaving us with? He's leaving us with a team full of really expensive pieces that don't fit together and you can't offload them.
0: No, that, that is totally true. But at the same and time, I don't want there him is, there.
1: Right. There is maybe a way that they do fit together. But he is not interested in finding that. He's just interested in, in putting them out on the field because they're names. And we've talked about this before, and we talked about this when Alexis Sanchez's name was, was being thrown out there, is his team right now is just a bunch of individuals that don't play as a team, and he kind of, like, he just relies on individuals to have an individual moment of brilliance and save the team. Yeah. And by bringing in Alexis, he is just saying, oh, we got another good player that maybe can have an individual moment of brilliance that can save the team. But at this point, when Jose Mourinho go, Because after all these games, he keeps saying, well, I need better players. When he goes to Ed Woodward and says, I need better players, or says, I need Alexis Sanchez. And now, granted, United did not pay for Alexis. They... You know, swapped Henrik Mkhitaryan, who they, who they didn't want anymore. But don't kid yourself; they're paying Alexis a crap ton, plus the signing on fee that he got.
0: Yeah, and I mean the fact that they actually spent a good chunk of change on Mkhitaryan.
1: Right. So they are just they are they are spending money on Alexis. But when Jose Mourinho goes to Ed Woodward and says, "I want Alexis," Alexis, Ed Woodward's response should be, "Why?" or "Tell me what your plan is." And how's this going to fit? Because right now, since they signed Alexis, they've beaten Yeovil. Forgive me for not getting too excited about that. Yeah. They they got run off the field by Spurs. They barely beat Huddersfield. Um, and then they lost to Newcastle.
0: Yeah, that's and what's, not a good record right there.
1: What's more or less happened is the whole team looks in disarray. You have Romelu Lukaku, who... Again, we discussed this at the beginning of the season when I was not fond of the signing. And then, other than like that first five weeks where I was, and, and back to being like, wait a minute, why did I let my brain get fooled by a hot August start? This guy is just as bad as I thought he was. Remember, we we, we signed Lukaku for two reasons. One, because you needed to replace the goals that Zlatan Ibrahimovic got you. And two was... We had all those draws against bottom teams, and you needed someone that can get you the goals against the Bournemouths and the Newcastles and the, um, the Brightons of the league to get you those points that you dropped last year. Well, Lukaku's not doing that. He's not really doing anything. And Mourinho's not dropping him. He has several different replacements for him. But he's not dropping them. And now he's brought in Alexis. And the only thing that's happened since Alexis has come is that Pogba has ended up in the doghouse. What for? I don't know. Because if you watch Paul Pogba this season, he's fantastic. And when I watched him in person for 20 minutes, he was incredible. He's one of the most talented people I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, that's true. We have to take our break here, but we'll pick things up after these short messages. Okay, and we're back. Before we head over to Chelsea, let's wrap things up there with United. And like you said, it seems like Pogba has, you know, fallen into the icebox of Mourinho or whatever you want to call it, the doghouse. And like you said, I I don't really understand why he's a player that is clearly super talented and who, you know, puts in the work.
1: I mean, here's here's what it comes down to is... Before Alexis signed with United, so figure a year and a half for that year and a half, Paul Pogba was subbed off for tactical reasons five times for United. Twice it was because he was coming back from an injury and um, he was coming back from an injury. So he just couldn't play 90 minutes. Once it was, we were up 4 one on Fenerbahce in the Europa League. So he was, he came off with 15 minutes left and Once, he played uh, the first half against Crystal Palace, and then he was subbed off at halftime because we had the Europa League final three days later. So that leaves, like, one substitution for tactical reasons in a year and a half. So if it wasn't an injury, he played 90 minutes. Since Alexis is signed, he has yet to play 90 minutes. Yeah. What What it is is Alexis is the guy who gets the free reign now. So Pogba... Jose Mourinho's teams can only accommodate one guy who gets to run around free. And Pog, and he's playing Pogba not so much out of position, but not in his best position.
0: Well, and that's, now that, that's the thing too, though. It should be Pogba who gets free reign. Exactly. And then, well, then you put Alexis either as the number 10 or on the wing.
1: Or you... Or you rearrange it like so. That's that's exactly what it comes down to. Is Mourinho looks and he says, "Well, I have Nemanja Matic, I have Paul Pogba, I have, I have Alexis, I have Rashford, I have Martial, I have Lukaku, I have Lingard. Lingard is starting every game now. Now, don't get me wrong. Lingard hit a great run of form in December and deserved to be getting starts. Does he? Should he be starting every game? No. I still think he has a role to play, and shouldn't necessarily be one of the first choice names on the score sheet." on the team sheet, especially if he's not scoring anymore. True. But nevertheless, no one should be. You have so many talented players that can, that you can interchange. There's no reason that everybody should be, that certain people should be playing every game. At the end of the Huddersfield game, they subbed off Lukaku, they subbed on Pogba, they subbed on Rashford. They ended up in a 4-3-3 with a front three of Alexis in the middle, Martial and Rashford on the wings. Only all three of them kept interchanging. And that's a... That's three guys that can play down the middle and play on the wings. And if you were going to tell me, oh, Alexis is better as a um, as a number ten, Alexis had more goals and assists last year for Arsenal when he played striker than he did on any other position on the field. True. Theo Walcott blew up when Alexis played as a striker. That's when he scored all of his goals. So right there, you could if you do this, you you can. You can play 4-3-3 with Rashford and, and Martial and um, and Alexis as your front three. You can put Wingard in there. You could put Juan Mata in there, and then you can have you can have Matic as the base of your three. You could put McTominay there. You can even drop Juan Mata into one of those spots. You could have Pogba there, and all of a sudden now your players are now playing in their best positions. But instead, he is saying no. I have to get these names on the field. I have to play Romulo, Jose, Altador Lukaku. Mm-hmm. And I, and that means I have to go four, two, three, one, which means I have to play Pogba is in this position next to Matic. And yeah, earlier in the season that worked because Pogba would just, would be the guy who ran free. And now you have Alexis running free and Pogba running free. It doesn't work. And he takes it out on Pogba and it's, it's not going to end well for United.
0: No, so right now they're still in second place, fifty-six points, but then you got It's a miracle. Yeah, then you got Liverpool in third, fifty-four, Chelsea in fourth, fifty-three, and then like we said before, Spurs in fifth with fifty-two. So it's heating up there. It's it's a tough race here, and I wouldn't be shocked if they fell out of the top four.
1: I wouldn't either. I'm also I think that's I think there is a little bit of recency bias in that.
0: Of course there um, is, but that puts a lot of pressure on this next game against Chelsea.
1: Yeah, which they're not going to win because he doesn't beat Chelsea.
0: That um, is a very important game for them.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I do think it's recency bias that we're overreacting to one loss against Newcastle. But then again, um, we you know we only do have one. The way he sets up in an away game, I mean, like come on, you're you're you demand the best players in the world, and then you set up like as if you have. A mid table team trying to nick a point against a good against a good team when you play an away game. Yep. They got run off the field against Tottenham. They barely beat Huddersfield at home. And now you expect to go beat Huddersfield away in the FA Cup? You're gonna need a much better performance out of that.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Chelsea took a three nothing win over West Brom here on Monday. It an Azard with two goals and Victor Moses with one goal and then phenomenal celebration. I would be scared out of my mind if I was his manager though when he does that flip thing and, but yeah Chelsea finally you know showing some some um, you know some finishing touches after two straight losses, tough losses too I mean three nothing against Bournemouth and then four to one against Watford. so um, yeah right back in the thick of it and that game on Sunday is going to be extremely important. I'm a little bit less... I mean, it's still a worrying thing. Like you said, Mourinho having difficulties beating Chelsea. At least they're at home. But at the same time, I wouldn't bet the house on them winning that game. I give Chelsea a very, very good chance of taking all three points. Yeah. So, let's move over to the Champions League... We're finally getting into the round of 16. And if we take a quick look at what's ahead. For some odd reason, we do have an Europa League game, too, tomorrow, Tuesday.
1: It's. uh, You want to know the reason? Yes. Have you ever been to Belgrade? I have not. It is, uh, first of all, Partizan and Spartak. Their stadiums are about 800 meters apart.
0: <laughs> I like that.
1: Um, their, their derby is called the Eternal Derby, which is a ridiculous name and something that should already let you know how uh, they have very prideful Serbian, Eastern European fans who it's much more about fighting each other than it is the actual game. Mm. And there is just
0: no way
1: they can play home games on the same day.
0: Okay. Well, there you have it. Yeah, Red Star Belgrade take on Sheshka Moscow on Tuesday. But Champions League wise, we got Basel against Manchester City and then Juventus against Tottenham. So, I mean, City obviously huge favorites against Basel. Juventus Spurs, a little bit more of an open affair, although they will be without Toby Alderweireld. He's out again? Yes.
1: Jeez, I can't catch a break. Chiellini mm-hmm. did just say, I can't stop Hurricane one-on-one, but that's just, you know, that's the mind games.
0: Yes, surely is.
1: Spurs are on great form.
0: Yeah. Now, how are Juventus doing?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure they've run away with Serie A, as always.
0: Oh, uh, Juventus, let's see what they've done here. Oh, no, locally. Serie A's the only
1: one with a, with a title race. My bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're second right now. Uh, they are one point behind at Napoli. Yeah, it's Napoli and Juventus. And then big drop down to Inter Milan in third. Uh, they took a 2-0 win over Fiorentina in the le- last game. Before that, they beat Sassuolo 7-0. So, they got some goals in them. Yeah, we'll see what happens in that one. Juventus the home side. And Juventus also with one of the... Ugliest logos in soccer nowadays. I don't know why they decided to change that, but that's a topic for another day. Um, I mean, I don't want to just brush over the Basel City game, but it feels like such a given that City's going to win that.
1: I mean, City has run through like a, a a little rut in form, but yeah, it's it's hard. I don't I don't know. Maybe they. I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, they run through them three nil, but I think you know they'll they got pep, they'll set it up the right way, and they'll get like a one nil, which is all they need in the first leg. Yeah. And and they'll do enough to make Basel not be threatening. Yeah. Either that or Basel will score early and we'll have a crazy game. Oh, that city will still win, but but we'll have a crazy game.
0: I would like that. Let's hope for that. And then Wednesday we got FC Porto against Liverpool and. Uh, big matchup between Real Madrid and PSG.
1: I can go either way also because Real Madrid are pretty terrible. I could see either one of those going either way. I think Liverpool will beat Porto ultimately, but a couple of rules here, never sleep on the Portuguese. Um, And two, that I see going either way in terms of we might get like a 4-3 game or both teams will like – be like, well, we both suck defensively, and we both can score, and you'll get like a boring nil-nil. Hmm. PSG Real Madrid that that can that can get interesting, but I I do think it's it's more of a do Pia, can PSG win the big one, um, or will Real Madrid get their act together?
0: Yeah, I mean PSG. I mean they are. Turning, you know, up some really good results in League One, uh, which is, you know, it's only air quotes League One. Uh, but it, it seems like Neymar is fitted in well, though he doesn't seem to get along too well with his teammates. But on the field, he's Shocker. Been ver- he's been very, very impressive. But at the same time, Real Madrid at home, Champions League, they usually do pretty well. If PSG can get a, you know, a one-one draw, I mean, they, I give them a good chance to go through. I, they just, they need to not lose this game. That is the main. I mean, if they, if you can get a draw, even, I mean, you would like to get at least a one-one draw, so you right. get that away goal. But even a scoreless draw, you'd take it, and then just trying to get, take care of business at home. Like I said, Porto Liverpool. I hope for fireworks in that one. Uh, Sort of the same with the Basel City game. If Porto can get the first goal and force Liverpool to go all out attack, I think we can have a really, really good game on our hands. Uh, Do you know the um, as far as what game is on what channel? I'm sure they're on Fox Sports One.
1: I'm sure that the Real game, Uh, the Man City game, will probably be on Fox Sports One because they always favor the English teams. Uh, I'm sure the Real game will be on Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Let's find out. Checking right now. Juventus Tottenham on Fox Sports 1 tomorrow. And meant Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Basil Man City is on FS2. And then Real Madrid versus PSG is on FS1. And Porto Liverpool FS2.
0: Okay. Well, there you have it. Okay, let's see. How are we doing on time? Well, we got to wrap things up here a little bit. Um quick note about the u s soccer president presidential election, Polly, give us the latest
1: yeah the uh sunil gatti's right hand man one election in where everybody was calling for change, so I don't know what that means. Are we gonna change I don't know I know that they've redefined the position. the vice president's gonna have more power. He was the vice president he didn't really have power um I don't know. I can just tell you Jeff Cameron ripped U.S. soccer a new, a new bottle on Friday in, in what was probably the greatest Players' Tribune article I've ever read in my life.
0: Mm. Ghost written, though.
1: Uh, irrelevant. That's his thoughts. It's yeah. still... So it's not his grammar. It's not his sentence. Those are his thoughts. And he straight up said, you know, he said... Jurgen Quinsman wasn't perfect, but he had he called out he called out U.S. Soccer. He called out Bruce Arena for being a god-awful manager. He called out Michael Bradley and, and Josie Altidor for quitting on their coach. He called out anybody who quit on Jurgen because he said he won, wa- you know, he did some ridiculous things. He did things that we hated, but he had a vision for us that we needed. And he had a belief that we needed. And eventually people got sick of his his regiments and they got, they got annoyed that he wanted his players to play in Europe. And he was like, look, I'm sorry, but the better players are in Europe. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad for our good players to go to Europe. And he, and he said, like, you know, we get upset about it because it's like saying, it's like saying that, you know, the American league isn't as good. He's like, well, the American league isn't as good, but we should be proud when our players leave the American league. You know, he he said, we should be proud when, when Christian Pulisic goes to, Dortmund and succeeds because he came up in the American system. He says we should be even more proud when a player goes, comes through the NCAA and gets drafted into MLS and comes up through the MLS and then, and then goes to Europe and, and is successful because that does prove that our way can still develop good players. But eventually you need to go to Europe if you want to develop personally. And if you want to be even better. And the fact that, the whole out-the-door bradley Jurgen thing kind of drew a line in the sand on that, and they quit on Jurgen, and they got run out the door, and we, we brought in an MLS guy, and he couldn't have done worse.
0: Yeah. No, I totally agree with that statement. And we should definitely get into more deep diving into what's best for the development of American players further down the line here. Uh, with that, though, we'll say goodbye for this time. As always, follow us on Twitter. you find me at Seb Norin, Polly at PQuestel, Elliot is at Keats, what's better? Give uh, Sports a follow as well, and we'll talk to you again in the next one. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.